This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Significant number of texts and emails about all the usual issues that we cover. But here's an unusual one. I've spoken to Johnny many times in the office, out of the office, on the phone as well. But this is a slightly different conversation. I've been talking about this earlier on the article in yesterday's newspaper and how you really open your ears when you hear that a colleague has done a major interview about being depressed and that colleague has an image of being fun-filled, friendly, articulate, intelligent, life and soul of the party. Uh, Johnny, good morning. Hi, Frank. How you doing? I, I am good, Johnny. I'm also very, <laughs> very, very surprised. You know, if as I said casually earlier on, if someone had asked me to name a person in broadcasting who I felt may have been coping with depression, you wouldn't have even been in the top 100. So it's very brave of you to come forward and to talk but, but about uh, what uh, you've uh, been uh, going through. Uh, that's, that's most of the point, Frank. I mean, you don't know who has it or who's susceptible to it or who's likely to suffer from it. You just don't know. There's not even one type of personality that's likely to suffer. It's just It just happens, you know, it happens to you. Um, and I, I would have thought I was the last person in the world. In fact, even years gone by in my ignorance, I remember hearing about Stan Collymore, the footballer, suffering from depression. And I remember saying... What's that? Egypt got a gun about. He's a footballer. He gets paid loads. You know, he's living the life of Riley. But again, but that's 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 what people think. You know, it's it's uh, it's a, an indiscriminate kind of um, situation to find yourself in. Depression just hits anybody. And you feel that yours was triggered by a traumatic experience a number of years ago. You actually did an article in the Belfast Telegraph about eight years ago about this as well, where you felt you didn't get proper counselling whenever you went through the trauma of the, the ship going down that you were broadcasting from. Yeah, oh yeah, that, that, that's true. I did say it at the time. Um, uh, to, to be honest, it, it may not have been that alone but certainly when I went to speak to people, they said, it, in this case, it looks like it's been a trigger for you, you know. 
And it for, kind of opens a whole can of worms. Yeah, for those who haven't read this uh, very large article in the, the Sunday World and who may or may, may not be familiar with your experience during the, the, the charity fundraiser that you were doing at sea, just put it in context for us, Johnny. Well, again, it was a charity fundraiser. We were on a boat going around various ports in Northern Ireland raising money for, uh, you know, kids' causes, I think it was. Um, it was great crack, and then the boat struck rocks off Bally Castle. Um, didn't sink right away, uh, but we had to sit on the boat and wait until the uh, RNLI came from Port Rush. God bless them. Um, so we're watching the water come into the boat, um, for about 40 minutes, uh, it was just, it was harrowing. Now, and the thing is, and apparently this is very common in PTSD, I wasn't thinking about myself. I was thinking about Lisa and the kids. I was thinking, what are they going to do if I'm not here? And it was that was the whole fear driving me at the time. And even afterwards, I just had nightmares about um, all these scenarios. You know, for instance, even dropping the kids to school. Oh, the car's going to crash, you know. Was, seriously, it was just unbelievable. If I was going out to walk a dog in the snow, I'm going to slip and break my neck. Everything became um, exaggerated, you know, every scenario. And that comes across in the article because one of the things that, you know, we we, we all understand in the building here is the, the parking of the car outside, whether it be Havelock House in recent years or outside City Keys today. And, you know, I, I would say I would speak for the vast majority of staff when we pull up and we park, we look at the building and we think, yeah, I'm looking forward to going in there. I, you know, life is good. I, 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 we may not appreciate it, but we've darn good jobs in a, in, in, a, in a wonderful place. But you, you were pulling up in the car and sitting tearfully in the car. Now, no reflection whatsoever on your, um, your employer, but the bottom line is, you were incredibly unhappy in that car. Could could you could you understand why you were so unhappy arriving to do a job that most people would have envied? Well, to be honest, Frank, if it hadn't been for the job, I'd dread to think what I would have done. The job kept me kept me going. You know, I had it was like tunnel vision, leave the house get to the studio, do the show, and if you like, the show was a, a chunk of the day where I could forget about depression, but then I would get in the car and come home. And to be honest, so the, the, the job was a lifeline. A lot of people can't do that. A lot of people aren't lucky enough to have a job where they can perform like that and can function. Um, and my, my heart goes out to them because just some people don't have that opportunity. But certainly the having to sit in the car and having to psych myself up to go in. But that was more about having to face people and talk to people. You know, if there had been a tunnel from the car straight into the studio, I would have used it. Because I find it, you know, it's, this is enlightening for me, someone who hasn't had to cope with depression, a person who would have met you on many's and many's a day in the studio. And when you when you arrive in, you know, I'm not you know, blowing smoke up your cassock here, but you light up a room when you come in. You're, you're good fun, you're good crack, you know, you have interesting tales to tell. It's, it just, it, it must have been very difficult for you to, to have that false face on. Well, again, Frank, as I say, coming in, those us having a bit of crack and all, it all, it all helps. It's all quite therapeutic. 
But at the end of the day, when you're on your own, then you're supposed to be your own worst enemy, and your brain works over time, and it works against you, and it drags you down, you know? It really does. I mean, I was, I think I said on the paper, uh, quite often here, I was sitting maybe at 12 o'clock with a cup of tea, thinking, right, I'll get my quiz questions ready, I'll do the research for the golden years, I'll go into work about 2 o'clock. So that's in my head at 12 o'clock. Next thing I do... I look up and a couple of hours have passed. I've done nothing. I've been sitting staring in the space. Didn't even know I was doing it. That is that, that's, you know, it's, that's amazing. It, 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 you, you kind of become numb. It's, it's the feeling of isolation that you're on your own is the worst. Um, that's it. I mean, thankfully, Lisa made me go and get help, you know. And this is important. Um, How does that help manifest itself, Johnny? Because there will be people listening and your sympathy and my sympathy is with anyone who's listening at the moment and they're in the position that you've been in and they haven't had a chance yet to talk it out with anyone. How, how, does, that, how does that help come? Well, listen, I, 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 the, the first step of it was just basically sitting and talking to Lisa about it. You need to talk to someone. Um, okay, there's clinical help available. You can go for uh, cognitive behaviour therapy or, you know, through your GP. Even speaking to the GP about it helps. Um, then there'll be further down the line, they might recommend some medication for you. But you have to talk to someone, even if it's your family. And they're maybe the, the best people to speak about it. Now, unfortunately, there is a lot of ignorance. And as I said, I was guilty of it myself years ago. Uh, people saying, oh, you just need a good shake, wise up to yourself, you know, what have you got to be depressed about? And 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 sadly, even in this day and age, that's all too common. I mean, a, a fellow rang me last night, he saw the article, a friend of mine, and he said he's going through the same thing. And I, just like you, I said to him, I says, God, I had no idea, you know, uh, because of the, 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 the public face. Um, I says, you need to tell someone. He says, I can't, because if word gets out, I'll get the sack. That is a worry. People still feel that a finger will be pointed at them or they'll be seen as weak or they'll not be taken yeah. seriously. If you were on this radio programme talking about, Lord forbid, having a tumour, everybody would immediately be saying, let's hope you get better. My friend has been through similar. I've been through similar. Get to the doctor. Let's get the medication. You know, everyone will be rallying, rallying, rallying around. Whereas now there's a sense of that. But in recent times, it would have been, you know, as you've suggested, dear, oh dear, like that big fella has very little to complain about. And that, that's, that's pathetic because this is life and death. This is a life and death issue that you're talking about? Unfortunately, it is. I mean, it's a bit like the analogy I was using was if you were running a marathon and stumbled and broke your leg, you wouldn't crawl around the rest of the course and not tell anyone. You would get help right away and try and get your leg fixed and get yourself sorted out. This is the same, you know? Nobody should struggle along with this on their own. Go and get help. It's, it's, it's the same as breaking a, a limb. You know, you wouldn't dream of just struggling on your own. So why do it for this? And for anybody who, um, again, I've spoken to people who um, whose friends made fun of them when they sort of said, yeah, I'm, I'm depressed. I mean, that's, that's their ignorance. It's terrible. 
You know, so the more people that speak out about it, the better. And where are you now, Johnny, on the on the road to recovery, or is it not a road to recovery? Is it something you always have, but you know how to cope with it, or you've got the the counselling? How, how does that work? Well, that's it, it, more or less for me. It's always there, but you know how to control it. You know that not to let certain situations take over your mind because your 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 brain tries to trick you that some innocuous little confrontation, say, is dramatic, and you know it's not. You know, for instance, you and I might have a row today about, or a discussion about Manchester United and Man City, and in 99% of the world, that's just, ah, oh, boys having a bit of banter. But when I was in the depths of depression, I would have gone home and pondered about that and maybe sat up all night thinking about it. What did Frank mean when he said, you're stupid for supporting Man United? That kind of thing, you just... You know, you, your your brain kind of puts a really uh, an exaggerated negative spin on everything you do. So it's a form of so par- par- it, paranoia that you're describing there. It, it, it is more or less, you know. But for for a lot of, I mean, but different people have you know different kind of um, symptoms. But it's like that. It's again, if you don't suffer from it, you don't realize normal situations aren't normal for people suffering from depression. And normal conversations maybe are interpreted by your brain as being different. Um, but th- th- there are coping mechanisms and they, they do, you know, teach you to um, deal with it. And again, try to <laughs> try to be aware that your brain is tricking you a bit, you know. So take that all and put everything into context. But again, the main thing, the main reason for doing it, that the, the article, Frank, was... Um, there's too many young people just um, in their own lives because of it, they can't cope. And I do understand how youngsters particularly find it hard to cope, but you need to ask for help. You know, really ask, just get help somewhere before you do anything drastic. I even spoke to my kids because, again, I'm, I'm, I'm worried of any time I do anything in the paper. I have two teenagers. Um, oh, they'll be embarrassed. You know, their schoolmates will give them a bit of stick. But I asked them, and they said, no, listen, if you uh, go ahead with this article, um, somebody might see it, and um, it, it might save someone. Somebody might come forward and ask for help. And were you, ever and in a, were you ever in a position during all of that yourself, Johnny, where you felt that life wasn't worth living? I'll, I'll tell you that I, I could certainly understood why people would take that step, and that's terrible to say. Because I say that the feeling of isolation, you just, I was getting no joy out of anything. You just feel numb. It's like you're sitting there, you're like a shell. Um, you know, very anguished. I mean, it was just like, everything was painful. Looking through the day was painful. You know? So I can certainly say, if people were maybe uh, more worse affected than I was, I could certainly see where that might lead. But that's why if you even get the inklings of these feelings, go and see someone, talk to your family, just make sure you can get whatever helps available. It's a very important step that you've taken because people will listen to you, people will read the article in the, the Sunday world and people will communicate with you, they'll see you out and about at events and whatever. They, they'll talk They'll talk to you about it and I, I presume you don't mind people coming up and asking you because you've put yourself out there as, as someone who's courageous enough. 
Not at all. I mean, I've had hundreds of messages from people. I've been sitting even this morning sort of emailing people. They were asking me about it, and I'm just saying to them all, go and get help. Because um, people are saying, Johnny, I've sort of got these symptoms. What do you think? And I'm not medically qualified, but I can certainly say to people, listen, it sounds what I was going through. It sounds very similar. Uh, don't just sit and suffer in silence on your own. Tell someone try and get help and now unfortunately the way the um the health system is here in northern Ireland at the moment there's a there's a bit of a backlog and a bit of a waiting list uh to be seen but surely someone has got to address this because it is it's becoming an epidemic now frank with the you know the the mental pressures on people and certainly young people taking their lives is terrible True, true. Uh, John, I really appreciate you speaking to me. Also, the article that you've done there with Stephen Looney in the, 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 the Sunday World. And you'll be back here and doing your day's work at, at, at three o'clock today. Yes, and I'll still, well, I won't talk about Man City because you were good at the weekend and United were, oh dear, you know, so we'll not talk about the football. <laughs> well, I'll still give you plenty of stick. <laughs> That's the bottom line. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. No, listen, Frank, thanks for giving me the, the, the chance. And again, if there's anybody listening who's in a bit of a dark place, then just just get help. Make a phone call. Even talk to family members. Don't, don't do it on your own. You can't. That is darn, darn sound good advice coming from a man who knows what he's talking about because he's living it as we speak. Johnny, really appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks, Frank. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.